This is a previously recorded episode. This show is broadcasting live from Detroit Sound Studios above Activate Gaming and is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Justin Spiro, producer Jessica Sarah. How's everyone doing today? Awesome. Happy birthday to the DSR. Yeah. The big number one three. A lot of been a lot of things have been going on in our lives in the last couple weeks that I usually post on the anniversary of the DSR uh, being born, quote unquote. But I'm, I've been in a cloud the last couple weeks, and I completely forgot until about two hours ago. That March 12th, I believe, or 13th, would have been the 13th, 13-year anniversary So of the Detroit the, Sports Trail. The, the DSR, did they have a formal bar mitzvah that I could not RSVP to? I'm now going to read the Haftorah of the DetroitSportsRag.com's bar mitzvah. Are you ready for this, Sarah? Yeah. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melch Haolam Basher Bachanu Mikohamim Vanatalanu et Torato Baruch Adonai Notain HaTorah That's when you goyim and shiksas are supposed to say Amen. Amen. Oh, Amen. Did did Maddie Schultz RSVP to this? this (laughs) So that is a good point. Everything else is in Hebrew, and you're supposed to say Amen. Which well, is Amen English? Maybe it is Hebrew. I don't don't know. know. I don't know. Jesus said it. I don't know. Do I look religious to you? Do I? (laughs) No. No. (laughs) Even after that last 35 seconds, (laughs) we we had an interesting show prep. Our show prep consisted of us just shooting the shit about some of the random. Things that have gone on in the past few weeks, it's been crazy, obviously. Me welcoming a baby girl into the world, uh, your father uh, sadly departing. Uh, it's been uh, uh, kind of a whirlwind for us emotionally, but we are back on the same page here. It's good to be back in studio. I don't know where you want to start today, but I will say that I have a little bit of a tease, and I haven't even told you about this yet, but I am finally, whether anyone cares to read it or not, I have the full story of what happened with Brad Osmus, Ron Gardenhire, and the Detroit Tigers. Oh, that's nice. And this story would already be twenty-five written. minutes of show prep, and he doesn't, and he fails this, to mention. Yeah, I wanted to. Well, I, I I'm not going to discuss the topic on the show this week. 
after I write the article. <laughs> Is it a spit take over here? What? That's after, so dickly. What? I'm going to write the Can story. Can you get over here and give me a lap dance and then not finish me off, too? I, I'm going to write the, I'm gonna I write talking, the story. In case my wife's listening, I was talking to Spiro, not Jessica. Obviously. I'm going to write, I'm gonna write yeah. the story, and we can discuss it next Tuesday. I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's some things that we'll find interesting, and I, I, I think the, the puzzle has really come together. It took me a lot longer to pin this down than I had wanted, but we have it. I'm going to clarify a lot of what went down there and why we ended up where we did. The one thing I'll say that I, that I will be in the article, and I'll go into greater detail, is that if Brad Ausmus gets off to a bad start, and I don't mean in June, I mean April, he's gone. If this team comes out, Six and nine, six and ten. That's right at the Omar line Miskell. of. That's right at the line of where it's they're not Lloyd McClendon, no, right? Nope. They the word is that they. <sighs> if you tell me Gardenhire, I'm just going to blow my brains out once and for all. Here's the thing: there, I, I don't want to give away too much. There, there's a concern that Gardenhire is so spurned by it. He was very Hopefully. upset. He was very upset. Hopefully, he thought he was coming. By the way, but, how many other job offers did that loser get this offseason? They, they will not promote. It'll be a Jack McKeon with the the Florida Marlins in 03 type situation where they're going to try to hire someone, bring in someone experienced. Masturbator Dick Williams. I mean, Vizquel might manage for a week or something, but it's that's not going to be their uh, their long term yeah, yeah. solution. So if, if they start off poor. He's gone. He's not going to last. Now, if they start off 9-9 nine and nine or something, that's not going to be enough to get him out. But you watch, he will not last the month of April if they come out sputtering. So he's you know, he's a lame duck manager. I'm going to get into the machinations of this in the article, and we'll discuss in detail next week. When did you week. find this out? Two days ago. Oh. So I had couldn't the, write an article like in the last forty eight uh, hours. Yeah, I'm I'm surviving on three hours of sleep here. It, well, uh, the new baby, yeah, the baby's up, keeping you up. So that's even more time uh, to write an article. Well, plus I got the DSR fantasy baseball draft to prepare oh, for God. on Sunday. Like, that couldn't be scrapped in two seconds. No, not for me. So I, I'm looking forward to that article dropping probably by the end of this week, uh, putting that together, and it it should be interesting and help illuminate that issue which confounded so many of us. But uh, I, needless to say, Osmus needs to get off to a good start. Did you the meet Tigers. the uh, source in person, or was this over the phone? I'm not going not gonna to say com- that on the air. Not I'll answer. tell you off the oh, air. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm not Spiro, keeping it from Spiro you. Spiro, the king of just uh, wanting to bury all of the great show topics off the air, as we discussed. and Definitely didn't go to the Howard Stern School of Broadcasting, where everything is raised on the actual show. So I want we had a great show before the show started. Anyway, I, I, I would like to tell one story yeah. that, that occurred. Yeah. So uh, as you referenced, my dad passed away, what, 11 days ago. So in the last couple weeks, I posted the eulogy on the website. And you know, on Facebook, I mentioned it, whatever. So I got, I don't know, maybe a dozen to 15 people from the actual media. Some people who like me, some people who don't. Love me too much. Some people were ambivalent, just wishing me well. Sorry to hear about my loss. Things like that. Most of them were pretty typical condolence messages. Now I'm not going to mention the person who sent this one message, and it'll become abundantly clear why after I tell the story. But I get a text message from one person who tells me that they, you know, sorry to hear about my loss, uh, blah, 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 some other information, uh, hope you're doing well, uh, 
cancer sucks. Uh, and by the way, this this message is off the record. I received an off the record condolence call. The first in, in the history of mankind. I would argue. I would. I would say it has to be the first condolence call off the record ever. As we discussed before the show, if let's say tomorrow, Ivanka Trump or not Ivanka, well, that's a daughter, right? She passed away. You know, God forbid. I'm pretty sure President Obama would send a condolence call or maybe a message to Donald Trump, who he absolutely despises, a man who didn't think he was born in this country, uh, a man who's spent the last seven months just saying ludicrous things about his record and attacking him on all fronts. But I'm pretty sure Obama would send him a condolence call or, or make a condolence call or send him a message, and it wouldn't be off the record. He'd probably say it publicly. He'd say that at the podium. I mean, it would certainly not be off the record. It would be a, a very public offering of condolences. So what I, kind of monster must I be that condolence messages, please don't tell anyone that I sent this to you. And what is don't this, make what? it, quote, unquote, don't make it public. <laughs> First of all. I wasn't going to make any of these messages public that I received from anyone. Now I can't even mention the people who sent them to me because that it would rule out some of the uh, usual suspects. But I, I, my point to you was because I told you about this the other day when it occurred because I was like sitting there at Red Ox Tavern and I get this message <laughs> and my jaw hit the bar. I'm like, is this real life? I had to send stuff, tell someone. So I'm like – at it, 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 the point where you have to tell someone a condolence message is off the record, that's when you don't send it, right? Mm, well, me, yeah, maybe. What is this person's employer going to do? You're making me feel out? bad by the in, in the message. <laughs> You're making me feel like a terrible person that you can't associate with me to the point where you can't wish me well when my father dies. <laughs> what kind of? I mean, who's who's going to fire this person over that? That's so I bad. Mean, I don't even know if it's firing or who he doesn't want knowing, but what? It's you're so off limits. You are so toxic that no one, when you tragically lose your father to cancer, just the number one killer after seven months of suffering, after just a brutal period in in your life, uh, on so many levels, the fact that a simple condolences message. This isn't like a hey man. Uh, off the record, but uh, I think they're going to be reshuffling the deck at one hundred five one. You know, uh, that, like this is not this is not this is certainly an atypical off the record message. I can't imagine like deep throat meeting the Washington Post in, in some shady parking lot in D.C. being like, uh, "Yeah, guys, uh, sorry about uh, your editor dying." Yeah, that's, sorry, that's Carl, off, Carl, that's Bernstein, also off sorry to hear about your mother, but that's off the record also. <laughs> yeah, that's also off the record. <laughs> The Watergate break-in and your dad dying is off the record. I, you know, I've, that's pretty bad. Who uh, you guys what? both agree that that's got to be the first time that's ever happened, like ever. What? What do you mean? What has anyone has ever? Anyone, do you think there's any circumstance where someone would wish someone a condolence? No, the Hatfields Just and McCoys. Do Don't tell anybody I'm telling <laughs> yeah, you this. Probably. I mean, that's even the in The Godfather, you know, Barzini showed up to the funeral and offered public condolences. <laughs> You know, I mean, Jesus, what are we talking about here? They're trying to kill each other, and the guy shows up to the funeral. 
Yeah, that was pu- very public. Yeah. It wasn't off the record at the, all. The Talias were there. I mean, it, come on. You're, like, you have a more That's toxic crazy. relationship with the Detroit media than mobsters have with rival families. I mean, that's literally. I I don't know. I've never seen anything like this. Literally, what is the worst thing that I've ever done? Nothing worse than anything that's been posted on Deadspin. Well, apparently you've blocked someone from getting employment. Do you want to go there? (laughs) What? Is that a perfect segue? (laughs) Huh? I feel like maybe it is. Yeah, I think that's a perfect segue to talk about. We can get off this. I'm not going to read And don't email me. I'm not going to tell you who it is, obviously. But just, just keep it quiet. Nobody knows. Can experience. you tell me off the record, though? Because I really want to know now. You don't even know who it is. Ah, oh, damn it. No, but it's if a relative of yours dies, I'll give you an off the record condolence yeah, message. Right. <laughs> Just, so, perfect segue. You want to talk about, oh, what have I really done? I received confirmation yesterday in a heartfelt message, which I won't read for both the reason that it's too long and also it's just inappropriate for me to read it, but that you prevented one John Wharton from receiving a job. Because when they Googled his name and did a little background on him, the top hit on Google is an article that you penned several months back titled, I believe, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe John Wharton is a racist, homophobic scumbag. So when you say you haven't affected anyone's life in any way. That's a former trainer for the Detroit Red Wings. That's not a member of the media. Okay. So first of all, let me just put this way. We'll get get into the Wharton thing, which, okay. Uh, he's mad so at me now. So do you feel at least a little bit guilty, at least a little bit, that no, someone at all. someone with kids, because of something you wrote, is not So now I'm going to be responsible for him not being able to pay child support again? Is that what you're saying to me? <laughs> Are you going to be like Sean Penn and Mystic River, send them an envelope of cash anonymously no, every month? No, absolutely not. Just just Ray Harris? No, <laughs> just Ray. no that's not going to happen. I mean, here, here's the thing I will say about that subject. Uh, everybody in the world... From 16-year-old kids now on, know that anything that they say on Twitter, post on Instagram, post on Facebook, could come back and haunt you when you apply for a job or you're trying to get into a, a university. Every, right? Everyone true. knows that. That is okay? true. So you know, things that I say on Twitter or on, or on the website, I could easily see having – a negative impact on my career. You know, I'm in a, in a business where I have clients, and if someone doesn't like what I say, that could easily cost me a deal. Uh, could be a $25,000, dollars $50,000 deal for my company that could just based on someone not liking what I said. So everyone with an IQ over 60 at this point should know that posting things on social media is not just going to your followers or your friends. All I did with the John Wharton situation, and I'm pulling up the article right now uh, because I don't have much recollection of it. There's so many people I've actually absolutely destroyed on the website. This really doesn't stand out. But we're talking about a guy. What all I did basically did was quoted him, just quoted all of his tweets and Facebook messages. He 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 in the message to me he which criti- were which were racist he cri- which are homophobic he criticized that he said he's that, a scumbag. he said your piece wasn't thoughtful enough and wasn't really reflective enough and he makes those posts not you know to do anything other than elicit uh, a discussion and sort of oh please spur, spur conversation fuck and, you and he and wants me to take it down he he wanted me to get you to take it down well that's I told not I told him I would try okay let so, me read let me read some of John Wharton's. Uh, <laughs> 
tweets, okay? This is from August 20th, 2014. ISIS holds the beheaded skull of James Foley, an American journalist in Syria. He was white. Obama sends his attorney general to Missouri to defend a thug criminal. Wow. Oh, he's just trying to have a discussion. He's just trying to be provocative. Oh, no, you're just a fucking racist, John Wharton. And I'm sorry that whatever company was interviewing for a job went and looked up. I just made it easy for him. I put it all in one place. But all of the stuff could have been found on the internet. You basically did like a BuzzFeed article. Just like an aggregate, like just an aggregation. Yeah, it just was an aggregation. And yeah. here's another one. John Wharton, shocker, racist, law enforcement, hating man. He really is just pure evil. In a picture of Obama, that's who he's talking about. Let me get you some of the ones about uh, homophobia. Oh, looky there. The White House is all lit up like a rainbow in celebration of the Supreme Court's ruling legalizing same-sex marriage. That's the gayest thing I've ever seen. So, Obama's administration has decided you can't say Merry Christmas in school, but if you're a teenage boy who identifies as a woman, you can shower with teenage girls. Unbelievable. Okay, fuck you and your homophobia and your make-believe war on Christmas. This is no different than Kurt Schilling saying stupid shit and getting suspended from ESPN. This is no different than... A plethora of famous people who have jobs going on Twitter and saying things that are absolutely insensitive and asinine and thinking there's no repercussions. Well, I'm sorry, John, there are. And you just got uh, you just cost yourself a job by your racist, homophobic behavior. And why do you think, John, why do you think, John, that people don't want to associate with you? I'm guessing it's because of your character that you display on your social media tweets and and and, and Facebook posts. Well, you know, and he he expressed to me that he regretted several of those posts that you had. He included. still does it. He doesn't yeah. regret a goddamn thing. He says he regrets Fuck it. You. And had oh, he- I'm a wannabe. Well, I got a job, John. Do you? Fuck you. And I'm not taking it down. He calls me a wannabe. I, I wannabe. Do- Fuck you, John. So I'm not allowed to take it down in the middle of the night. I don't. I don't no, I don't. I'll post it. For, I'll, no, I'll just go post it all again. <laughs> I'll go post the fucking thing every goddamn day. I want the record to Bastard. show. I want the record to show that I have requested that it be taken it's not down. Not coming down. Oh, that, that was a fail. I think. Well, it's his site. I can't. What am I going to like shoot him? I mean, <laughs> you could. Know, Put me out of my misery. It's his call. I mean, it's not my call. I can't. You know, all I can do is ask. It's his website. It's his piece. And that's what the, other things did he have to say that were a bunch of bullshit? Well, he said. I'm sure I go on his Facebook right now. In the last two weeks, he well, said some similar stupid shit. He says if he knew uh, if he knew that they would be plastered all over the web, he wouldn't have made some of those posts. That he, he plastered, plastered them on the web. Did someone? Put a gun to his head and say, hey, John, say something racist about, about Obama. <laughs> hey, John, hey, John, go on the Internet and, and make fun of transgender people by calling their private parts thingamajings. Did anyone t- make them do that? <laughs> I don't think so. No. And guess what? Maybe, you're, maybe, maybe the person who's employing you is an African-American. Maybe you should have thought of that, about that. Maybe the person's transgender. Maybe the person is, has a homophobic son. Or excuse me, a, 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 a gay Homo- son. Homophobic son. Well, they might, well, they <laughs> might hire them. They might hire them. But they had a gay son. I mean, this, there's real-world consequences to your actions, John. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not taking it down. This is shit that you fucking said. But do you believe in the redemptive aspect of this? Someone realizing no. the error of their ways. He didn't. And- he, he doesn't real. He doesn't realize the error in his ways because he didn't ask you to take that article down 
two months ago before it cost him a job? He asked you after there were real-world consequences. Well, he insinuated that it was brought to his attention for the first time by the employer. He knew the article was up there. Oh, that's, 100%. Just what he, that's just what he said. He know, he's a liar, okay? Yeah. He knew the article was there. He 100%. I know that for a fact he knew the article was posted. How do you know that? I'm not going to go into it, but I know. Okay. I know. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 Thank I got you. you. Yeah. He thanks. knows. He yeah. knew. He knew. And he and up until it cost, you know, him a job. He didn't care to. to well, fuck you know, you. the issue. Fuck you, and I guarantee. You know, and you still have the same thoughts. You fucking racist scumbag. You homophobe. I, I understand. I understand why you. You know. I understand. I don't have a problem with your position. For the record. I, I think it would probably be the position I would take on something like this. My only hesitancy with this is the issue with the kids. And this is a guy with kids who might be getting one less trip to Disney World because of a piece on the DSR. Well, let me say – And for someone writing and uh, saying they realize that they made a mistake, they shouldn't have posted that stuff. He doesn't think it's a mistake. He's upset that he got cost himself a job. He doesn't care. Well, sometimes he's the same, concept, sometimes, I'm sure he's always uh, got the same racist beliefs about Obama. Sometimes, so fuck you. Let me tell you something. I did take something down recently that nobody knows about. I, I got contacted by someone, and I'm not going to go into it, um, but I'm trying to see how I can so work what's this. So what's the difference? Well, I'm going to say it because I'm going to tell you. Well, I'm not going to tell you. Well, maybe I will tell you. All right, I'm trying to I'm, pick one. I'm, try, well, I'm trying <laughs> to figure out how I can talk about this without giving away what went down. But someone contacted me about an article I wrote, and there was kids involved. And I even asked this person, I said, do you want me to take this down or delete the part about the kids? And the person said, no, you really don't have to. But I went ahead and did it anyway because I didn't want someone's kids reading something about a family member. Okay, so here we are. No, this but, sounds like a bunch no, of no, apples no, no, to no, apples no, 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 to no, me. It's not. I can't go yeah. into why it's not apples to apples. Well, unless uh, this person went through, uh, you know, went to a monastery and went through some sort of redemptive <laughs> action, I don't see how it's any different. Because and I guess I'll have to wait for that clarification off the air. Yeah, but I, I don't, I don't it's understand. Not, it's not different this, because if it weren't for the kids, John if Wharton, kids, I, I'd be John fu- Wharton's you know, kids, I'm sure probably follow him on Facebook and Twitter. I don't. He probably doesn't even care that his kids know that he's got these racist, homophobic attitudes. Okay. Well, it's not about that. I mean, they're young kids. They're they're not even. All right, I'll take it. They're not even. They're not even. Get off the subject. Okay. Thank you. That's all I ask that you give it some thought. But I mean, uh, leaning heavily towards not. And I understand why. Because because you know that's just that's just. I agree. I it already cost him a job. It already embarrassed. Well, that's well, that's what they're. That's what he says. I mean, who knows? Oh, I believe it. And once again, he's got to look into it. Why did it cost him a job? Yeah, I think he's. I think he gets it, but we'll see. I don't know. I have to see what he's saying on Facebook these days. We'll see if he's really been rehabilitated yeah, right. to, to any extent. No, he's just telling us these stories and his jokes about thingamajings and private dinner parties. I guess. Oh, he's, he has some ignorance on social issues. No yeah, question. think there's no question. Yeah, think. So, are you ready for the coronation? By the way, he started with me. I didn't go looking no, for John Ward. No, I don't know about that. Oh yeah, I, I I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he he's on my radar. What do you think? I'm going. Oh, do you, do you, do you see on. any? Do you see any posts about? Uh, he didn't start on you. I don't think that's yes, true. It, yes, it is. No, yes, it is true. No, no, no. He called Dad, me a wannabe. That I that he's a winner of four, three Stanley Cups or well, whatever. Well, he said it all is. that stuff, but that was not the first. Uh, volley. Yes, it was. 
Yes, it all. What do you think? Do you see me going after any other trainers? Do you see me? What, well, Mike Abdenauer. Do you see me running any hit pieces on him? Well, Mike Abdenauer is a fellow three-time championship trainer too. So exactly, but you don't see any. He started with me calling me a wannabe. I didn't go after him out of nowhere, calling me a loser. That he's got his name inscribed on the Stanley Cup three times, and who am I? Well, we can say who I am now. Guy cost you a job because of your own stupid words and posting it. Fuck stick. All right, what's the next topic? I'm already in a bad mood. I'm just asking if you're ready for the coronation of Donald Trump tonight, but I guess that's on a Detroit sports topic. We can talk uh, about Donald Trump. Can we talk about Trump for one minute? That, I'm not sure that it is going to be a coronation. Though. Well, if, if he wins Ford in Ohio, it's he's a not going to win Ohio. I'll guarantee you that. Why? Well, he's it, not going to win Ohio. He's right there. He's not going to win Ohio. He will not win Ohio, and I'm not sure he's going to win Florida. He's definitely going to win Florida. I don't. Do you believe polls? I give you Bernie two, Sanders I'll give you thirty points. Give you, up, two, give you two to one on Florida right now. I'm not so sure. It. All the polls I'll give you two, I'll give you the polls are one. always wrong with Trump. I'll give you They're two, always wrong. I'll give you two to one. He's going to win Florida. I'm not, I really don't want to bet. But you want to talk about? Are you supporting this man still? I, what do you mean still? You're you're just espousing this myth that I'm like this huge Donald Trump supporter. I'm amused by the sideshow. I like the middle finger that he's giving to this whole system. But I don't like like him. I'm not going to vote for him. Oh, okay. So, I, you know, I just enjoy it. Come on, you enjoy it too. I've enjoyed it to a point. I'm at the point now where I think it's really making the, this country look like look ridiculous. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. And I, I, I've enjoyed the sideshow. I enjoy watching his speeches. But I think now it's getting to the point where it's harming it's harming the country. And I'm hoping that Rubio wins Florida today. I'm hoping Kasich wins Ohio. And this plan You're going to for stop the brokered him, convention? I think because I just wanted it to be – because you want to talk about entertainment. If they go to a convention and nobody has enough delegates, and you still get, and you start getting the Mitt Romneys of the world involved, and the Bush family, and all of the patriarchs of the Republican Party, and it, it, it is going to be something like we've never seen in our lifetimes, anyway. A complete, absolute shit show. So that's what at this point, I, I, I mean, there, you know, in the last, there's been a turn in the last few weeks. Where I think everyone was just kind of, you know, like you, going along, to me to a lesser extent, going along for the ride, thinking it's all hysterical. and But it seems like in the last couple of weeks, there's been a more concerted effort by the media. I was watching CNN last night, and they treated, have treated him like with kid gloves. And they had about eight people on the um, panel. One was the, and the only seven of them were just like absolutely eviscerating Trump, including the Republicans on there. The only, there was the one token blonde girl with a huge cross on her. Uh, necklace, who's a Trump supporter, but everyone else was going after him. And that's the first time I've seen CNN do that in this whole entire campaign, basically. Uh, I think there's been a change where you have Kasich basically saying last night with Anderson Cooper that he doesn't, he basically said everything in the world, but I'm not going to support him as the nominee. Rubio almost broke down crying over the weekend when asked the same question. A month ago, they were all saying that they were going to support him. And now I think because of the violence at the rallies and some of these other things that he's done, I don't think he's going to have the support of these people. And I, I, to me, you know, I it, it just – I think he's probably set race relations back at least 20 right, years. Right, right. And, 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 and I've and said to the, you that I think his pol- actual policies 
are better than Rubio and Cruz and maybe even Kasich. Well, my my stance is the GOP, but, is but his rhetoric is so is so awful. The GOP is a mess, and if this guy submarines that shithole party, I think that's a good thing, and I think that's what he's doing. I think he's blowing it up, and you it's tough to subvert the will of the people. If this brokered convention, when Trump, more people have gone for Trump, he has more delegates by a fair amount, and you try to subvert the will of the people, I think just fundamentally that's an issue. But there is that but, threshold. There is that threshold that you've got to get a certain amount of delegates, and I agree. It's going to be an absolute disaster right, but if they try to overturn. If he's got 1,180, and what do you need, 1,237 yeah, or something? If he's like that short, you know that they're going to try. Oh, yeah. And it, if he doesn't, and I think the Republican Party is just even if, the bullet for this election. Even if he gets it, there's ways that they can try to unbind them that they're already exploring. Those right. meetings are taking place. You know, I'm, I'm uh, acquaintances. I wouldn't say friends, acquaintances with Roger Stone, who was the head of Trump's campaign through the summer, longtime friend of Trump, and he's really mapped out. I mean, I've posted it on the private DSR forum, and I, it's been he's been dead on every step of the way about them bringing up the mob. Trump's mobbed up about how Ted Cruz was going to start coming after him for that. He has told me flat out, if if Trump makes it through and is on that debate stage with Hillary Clinton for that series of debates for the general, he is going to go after her so viciously, it'll be like nothing we've ever seen. Include, it, it'll make the previous GOP debates like child's play. He's right. going to call Bill Clinton a rapist. I mean, it, it's yeah, going to turn people so off. So you want to talk I, – I, I mean, that's just going to. He talking, will not have any women voting. He'll have like five women in the whole country voting for him. It's I think he. I think he probably lose. But yeah. I'm just saying that Hillary's would be, a piece of garbage. I would never vote for her. Who? Or yeah, him. I know. Oh, I'm going. Yeah, for, but there are people for the body. Yeah, yeah, but there are people. A lot of people wouldn't vote. They would vote for Republican. So it's going to just help. I'm her. going. I'm going for the mm-hmm. body, Jesse. Yeah. Okay. He he might run. Is he even a U.S. citizen anymore? Does he live in Mexico? Yeah, he has off dual. The grid. He has dual. All right, what do you want to talk about next? You want to take a break and figure yeah, let's out? Let's take a break, and then we'll come back. We'll hit Detroit Sports 105.1. I, I, yeah, that's an amazing story. Itself. I just I – We got some sports talk radio I can't news. Wait to, I can't Joe, wait to hit that. Joe Rexroad uh, news, and uh, we, we'll get into some media stuff after the break. Tonight we are fe- uh, featuring uh, musicals, the music of musicals. So I hope you enjoy a couple songs during the break, hope Ben Shipper's listening. Uh, this we we, we I, I picked out musical songs to be played as bumper music before the John Wharton home. Of, I knew about any of that, so I uh, hope John's listening. He enjoys some Les Mis and Avita, <laughs> and uh, I should have yeah. Well, hit it, Jessica. <laughs> this is a previously recorded episode. With my apologies to the original cast of Wicked, Kristen Chenoweth and Adina Menzel. Did I pronounce that correctly? Adelzine. Yeah, Adelzine. Uh, we have to break into uh, the uh, break for breaking news. We didn't know what we were going to talk about today. Uh, so we ended up discussing John Warden and condolence messages that were off the record sent to me. But uh, we have some breaking news. and. We both have a kind of a take on this. The headline is ex-basketball star Mateen Cleese faces sexual assault charge. Former MSU basketball star Mateen Cleese faces charges after a woman says she was held against her will in a motel room and sexually assaulted. Wayne County prosecutor Kim Worthy says a 39-year-old Cleese was charged Tuesday with criminal sexual conduct, sexual assault, and unlawful imprisonment. 
Arrangements were being made for Cleese to turn himself in. The woman said she met Cleese in September at a Flint area charity golf outing and later taken to a Monday Township motel and assaulted. Genesee County officials transferred the case to Wayne County due to a possible conflict of interest, which is kind of interesting. Uh, the AP left a message Tuesday seeking comment from Cleese's attorney. As we all know, listening to this program, uh, Mateen Cleese led Michigan State to the, 19, excuse me, the 2000 NCAA championship and as recent as I think last year was a Pistons studio announcer for Fox Sports Detroit, was a first-round pick of the Detroit Pistons. So I'm going to start off with a little quick story about my involvement in this story, and then uh, you, you, I think you have a story about Mateen Cleaves you want to tell. But when this kind of started leaking, I think maybe in October or November, that Cleaves might be charged with this crime, I had talked to someone who had some inside information on it, and who told me that this was potentially very ugly and that the details were were just not uh, good for Cleves and to keep an eye out on this thing because yeah, it could really – not that any sexual assault case is good as we know, but that there were certain pieces of information regarding this case would, which would make it even worse. In terms of how damning the evidence was or just I the nature of it? I didn't really get into it that much, um, but I had mentioned it on Twitter, what I had heard, and someone from Anonymous. Like the Anonymous? The Anonymous, yeah. You know, the group that tries to hack people's websites when they don't like for social justice, who have gone after ISIS members, uh, sent me – and I could, I should, I could, I could probably find the tweet, like go saying like they're basically threatening the DSR if I like mention this hearsay or anything or spread these rumors about Cleves. So that scared me shitless. I, not a lot does, but going after being gone after by a group that that isn't afraid of people who behead other people. <laughs> uh, I was like, okay, I think I'll leave the Mateen Cleves subject uh, to someone else for the time being until there was more information. So that was my that was what I was told, and like I said, this back in the fall, and then I just never really did anything any because I didn't want you know the DSR hacked and a picture of me with my cock hanging out or something on the front page of the DSR <laughs> with me doing being able to do nothing to uh, to um, remedy that situation. to remedy the situation. Not that I want to go into that subject anymore, but. Uh, you said you had a uh, Mateen Cleaves story too. Well, it's it's not some grand uh, breaking news with him, but it's just an interaction that he had with a friend of mine uh, probably about six, seven years ago. A friend of mine that's a Michigan State alum, has some ties to the athletic department, gets a lot of cool shit, just jerseys and game use equipment and stuff. And he flips a lot of it, sells it, collects a lot of it himself. And he got hooked up with Mateen and agreed to do a um, an autograph show with him. And this guy marketed it, had a couple hundred people show up to a gym, and Cleves was the only guest, and he no-showed on him and left this gym. He no-showed? He, he no-Ryan showed on him. It was Actually, I think it was like 100, 100 people, not a couple hundred. But like, right. It, it, about 100 people showed up, and he just no-showed on him. And this was a major issue. He obviously, uh, my friend Steve kind of bombed him and said, like, how could you do this, whatever. And Mateen says, okay, I'll make it up to you. You know, I'm going to donate – X amount of my old, you know, shoes and shit, and you know, I'm gonna donate it all, and you know, we'll, we'll, and I'll do the next, you know, thing. He did it to him again, and uh, 
that was the second negative interaction he had, and I get he no showed again. Now this time he he actually called like a day before and canceled, but it's not quite as bad as just not coming Jeez. at all. But uh, and the worst part is, I guess he had been paid a deposit of I don't know like fifteen hundred bucks or something uh, up front for the first one, and never refunded it. No he Jamel Hilled. He just, yeah, sure. Terry Foster. He just he no he no show never returned the money and you know this guy's like the biggest Michigan State fan on earth and he's he's telling me like and he's very well off this guy and he said you know do I really want to take Mateen Cleaves to small claims you know and he just he just let it go but uh, and we I get, saw Mateen not too far long ago yeah a few a uh, few feet away the from day us. you almost got arrested at the palace yeah for for nothing for That's, yeah. uh, I want to hold show next week on that when we're done talking to Tigers yeah. but you know. So this is just – there's a pattern with this guy. I don't know. This is the first I've heard of anything with a sexual assault, but there's a pattern of of just bad behavior from this guy. I I do want to clarify that until we see pictures of this victim, alleged victim, Matt Derry is not going to (laughs) comment on the the veracity of these claims. And until we see what this woman does with any potential settlement, Mitch Album will also be, have full doubts regarding the veracity. This is of the a touchy well. subject with the Detroit sports media. Yeah, like, I, I can't wait for this to hit the Detroit media. Like, who who is going to be the one? We we got victim blamers. We got victim disbelievers. We we got people saying if you wear a certain shirt, you deserve to get raped. Uh, you know, I, I don't know who is going to fuck this one up. I'm more interested in that than I am the outcome of the case. You know, someone in this media, oh, this yeah. godforsaken no town is going to come up and put their foot squarely in their mouth on this case. But really, I think it's sad just from Michigan State's perspective because this guy, I mean, Tom Izzo. Who is I'm going like, to set the odds at three to five Graham Couch. Tom Izzo. Well, yeah, that's actually a good bet. Tom Izzo partially named his son after this guy. I mean, Tom Izzo named Correct. his son Stephen Mateen. So it, it, this guy is—he's not at Magic's level, but he's—he's right next. He's, he's, right he's, he's one a rung small, below. one right. small rung below. And because not not only, I would say, and you could—you're a Michigan State fan, obviously. Uh, I'm just a partial observer, but I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mateen Cleves had longer coattails than Magic Johnson. You know, Michigan State won the national championship, and Magic was there, and then he left. And Michigan State didn't have any great, long, sustained success. They were good during some years; some years they weren't. But Cleves and that group basically started off this uh, run, yeah. incredible run, where he's basically always been involved in the program. And you know, he, you could say his post. And not that Magic doesn't show up and likes to smile for the cameras at this time of year when Michigan State's an attorney, but I would say Mateen Cleese on a day-to-day basis uh, Mateen, is almost Ma- as much Mag- the face of the of the franchise – the, not franchise, the program as yeah, anybody. Yeah, and Ma- Magic is bigger than Michigan State. Mateen just kind of is Michigan State. So, I mean, Magic... Yeah, Magic, Magic's known for a lot of other things. Right, right. I, HIV, and, and, uh, yeah. NBA championships... Failed talk show host. Failed coaching stints. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Mateen. Billionaire businessman. Mateen being a four-year guy, too, is, is makes it different. He had an opportunity to leave as a junior. He was a projected lottery pick, came back, said, you know, we're coming back to win a national title, did it. You know, Magic was – he was there two years, but was more of a shooting star. 
you know, Magic is considered in higher regard just by sheer resume alone. But in terms of like who's closer to Impact the heart, to the, yeah, who's closer to the heart of the average Spartan, I would say Mateen, unless you were at Michigan State in the late seventies, unless you had a deal with him to show up for a charity event, right? Which I'm sure Magic would not no shoot no, to. But. No, he would not. So I, this is you know this is just obviously something to follow for a myriad of reasons in this town. It, it, it's a it's a it's an interesting story uh, in a lot of bad ways, and yeah. it, it, it's very disappointing to hear that it's out there and that it may have happened, obviously. I mean, at the end of the day, that is the primary concern. If if this guy did that, what he's accused of doing, I don't give a flying fuck about his damaged legacy. It's, you know, these people that are like in the Penn State thing where, you know, you have kids getting raped in the shower and everyone's worried about Joe Paul's wins. I mean, you know. Can I ask you a question real quick and then we'll go to some media-related topics? Does Genesee County really have to recuse themselves of investigating a guy who's a basketball he's, he's player? So I know in, I understand. So entrenched. I understand that, but so uh, I mean, Genesee County has shown more discretion about a basketball player than the people in Wisconsin uh, showed regard. Well, yeah, but that's not that's not who you want to compare. <laughs> no, I understand <laughs> that. Obviously, that's not. That's not the bar you want to be no. held against. But no, I you know I was it absolutely necessary? No, but you don't want that. Even being bandied about as I guess. A, 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 con- a potential conflict of interest, he is. I mean, you know, Chief Flintstone. I mean, he's Fred Flintstone, basically. Hasn't so you, been. You got to get it. Just get. Hasn't that been a good year away. for Flint. Let's just put it that way. It's been a very bad. Yeah, it's a great point. <laughs> the the kids are being poisoned, and Flint's Jesus is if now I was going Michael down for Moore, rape. If I was Michael Moore, I'd take out a lot more uh, life insurance right about now. My, Michael Moore like almost died. Yeah, he was pneumonia like, like two yeah. weeks ago. Like, Michael Moore almost died. Yeah, yeah like, who's next? What, what else? Those are the only like you know. I mean, those the two Flintstones, are, uh, Michael Moore, Water. Is there anything else? Oh, Auto World. That it's was, just been a disaster for Flint's, Flint. I mean, Flint doesn't have a lot of like great years anyway. But this is how bad Flint is. I, I have a I have a client up there. It's in Flushing, so you got to drive through Flint to get there, kind of. And there's these signs at all these apartment complexes. It's that huge signs that say we are we have Detroit water. Now, in what universe is that sign? <laughs> like we we're bragging about we have Detroit water. That's how bad Flint is. They're bragging about anything associated with a bankrupt city that has its own issues. But and these signs are like twenty by twenty. Like that's like the main sales point. But it's like wow. it's like now serving Coca Cola. Like, yes. <laughs> un- unbelievable. All right, so let's get into the Detroit sports media. Uh, the article on the DSR currently is the. Uh, is that me? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, that's Wasn't me. That's <laughs> the the uh, ratings came out today for 105.1. And these are really, I would say, the first book, because it was February's ratings, where you could look at Belizean being in the morning, the switch of Rico and Rod. Excuse me, Rico and Ryan, I'm sorry. Got beards on my mind. How do you fuck that up? I, I mean, know. a legendary duo like that. Ryan Armani, it's like screwing yeah. up Amos and Andy. R- Rico or Beard. Um, and then obviously Drew Sharp. Post. Post uh, unrepentant plagiarist days and Matt Derry. And their ratings are still a point nine. Even more incredibly, their ratings among men was a 2.2, which is. 
15th in the market. Can you please, uh, you and I understand what these numbers mean. Can you please tell the listeners how bad those numbers are? I mean, give some frame of reference perspective here. How putrid those numbers I mean, the, are. They're, they're on the FM dial. Those numbers, I think, would have been bad for WDFN back in the days when you, like at 5 o'clock, you lose the signal. I mean, this is a crystal clear FM station. They are, other than basically maybe WDET, which is Wayne State, which they go back and forth, they're like the lowest rated FM station in the town. And the fact that they can't attract men is absolutely fucking nuts. Men, 15th in the market, there's 14 stations that have a better, that do better with men. All this station talks about are men's topics. It's a men's station for, for you know, I mean, it's that's what it is. They spend all their time talking about the Wings, the Pistons, the Lions, and the Tigers. Or I guess maybe some once in a while guy talk issues, and they can't get men. They're, they're, they're not casting a wide net. It's like not being <laughs> able. It's like it, having a buffet, a all you can eat buffet, and four hundred pound slobs walking by and saying, "Nope, I'm good." That's the equivalent. It's not being able to sell. We could go on and on with 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 all of the an, an, analogies. But it's I, I've never seen anything like it, and we're getting very close to this being the third year in August, which is not that far away, folks. What five months? It'll be the three three year anniversary of this abomination, and they still can't attract an audience. And this isn't hindsight. When they decided to hire Drew Sharp and put him and replace Drew Lane, who was actually getting some decent ratings among men, not as good as he used to. We said, what are you doing? Dave, show the program degree. Are you out of your fucking mind? Nobody in this town likes this man. And you're going to put him on the air with a career update guy. A guy who spent two decades reading box scores and supposedly producing the Volente and Foster show, which is basically turning Mike on and telling Terry to shut up. That's producing that show. They don't have guests. Here's producing the show, the Volente and Foster show. Hey, Mike, you here? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, Terry, you here? Yeah. Hey, try to just back off. Let Mike do a lot of the talking. And uh, we got Joe from uh, Algonac on right now in the air. He wants to talk about uh, streetlights. I mean, that's that's producing that show. That's their afternoon drive show. R- Rico Beard. Rico Beard couldn't get arrested in this town. Nobody knows who that guy is. He's His claim to fame is Michigan State. It's like being, I mean, it'd be like having Graham Couch co-host your your uh, midday show or Mike Wilson or one of those. I mean, that's what it basically what it is. And Ryan Armani has never gotten ratings in this town. Ryan Armani is getting close to being on the air for three years with no ratings. How can that possibly? Be? I've never seen anything like it in all of the, in all of sports media. All of te- can you imagine? And that's Where three, have you seen anything like it? That's three years in the current position that he hasn't been moving the needle. You have to go back another, what, four or five years? At DFN. At DFN. He was on midday. This guy has been a proven dud for pushing a decade now, seven, How eight years. He, and, and, I know it's tripe to say who does he have pictures of, 
But seriously. They, no, and it, but you can't put it just on him. The whole thing, the whole operation has been a complete nightmare. I said Dave Shore is the Terry Schiavo of the Detroit media. He's in a persistent vegetative state, and we're just waiting to pull the plug on this guy. He's dead man walking. What is this guy doing? The, the overused cliche, but it's true, shuffling the decks, uh, you know, the chairs on the deck of the Titanic. It's so true. It was even the, worse than that, though, because the one thing they did was is Belizean is a sports show. And if we know anything about this market, I've said it before, nobody wants to hear hardcore sports when they first wake up at 6, 7 in the morning. And what does Shore do? He puts Belizean on at the worst possible time for Sean Belizean. Then he gives him a hockey show at 4 o'clock on Saturday afternoons. A hockey show in this town at 4 o'clock on Saturday afternoons? Are you fucking kidding me? That's your brilliant idea? That in crosstalk? And the ratings are in... We know the rating, these ratings are not like the old books. These are ratings... You know, people have these people meters that they carry on them, and so they it, it, they know exactly what you're listening to. It's not like you got to go home at the end of the night and say, the old, and that's what they used to do. What did you listen to? Fill today? out the arbitrary Estonian book. Wojo, yeah. 1130. I listened to it for... Now it's all... It's just... It's precise. And, and, it's like a Nielsen rating. It's, it's and as I said on precise. Twitter the other day, Jason Dixon was a disaster as the program director. Dave Shore makes him look like Brandon Tartikoff in his prime having Cheers, The Cosby Show, Family Ties on. Like, that's how bad this guy is. And I'm spitting all over the place. I'm so infuriated. Because at the end of the day, we were so desperate. For a viable sports talk station to come to town on the FM dial so we wouldn't have to listen to the awful programming on 97.1, which isn't even a sports station, and we get this garbage, which is actually worse. Yeah, 97.1's better, no question. And you look at what is the best show we've seen in the Detroit market in the last five years. I would say it was the Tony Paul one-hour baseball <laughs> show. And I'm not just saying that because we like Tony. I believe that if you actually listen to that show – he had interesting insight. He had Good thing, he had things that nobody else had. He had riveting guests. He wasn't afraid to say anything. And he made good points. I, Tony's a sharp guy. And, and Tony presented the type of programming that anybody with any semblance of intelligence about sports would appreciate. And what did they do? They fired him. Not fired him, but they basically just canceled the show in a cost-cutting move the same month. The very same month that they sent Matt Derry, Tom Mazaway, and two other members of the staff to Arizona for the Super Bowl to be on Radio Row, and they attended a Phoenix Suns game, which and they were not playing the Pistons. So you have four staffers of this show. The same way, like two weeks that they cut the best show on their on their programming, they're sending people to Radio Row. Who is going? to listen to 105.1 for their Super Bowl coverage. If I want coverage on the Super Bowl, I'm not going to listen to what Matt Derry and Tom Esway have it to say. Worse. It gets worse, okay, because I have a news story about that just from last week. Dave Shore thought it would be brilliant to purchase the broadcast rights to the Big Ten basketball, men's basketball tournament, okay, which is fine. But you're not going to get anything out of that by – because Michigan and Michigan State, if you're a Michigan State and Michigan fan, you are, you've, you're going to listen to it on the radio. You're programmed to listen to WWJ with Mad Shepard or wherever 
Guskanakis or whoever the hell is doing the. I it's just even, the station you're going to go to. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know what it is. You're just going to go. You're, in the you're car. not going to go listen to 105.1. But, but there's not even any real benefit from having the tournament, even for that. They went one step further on Friday in the afternoon when Darian Sharp ostensibly were supposed to be on, which not that that would be any ratings uh, winner either. They had Illinois versus Purdue on. Illinois versus Purdue on in the middle. Could you imagine a uh, terrible Jimmy Powers? Can you imagine Purdue. Jimmy Powers going into Valente and saying, "Yeah, take the day off. We're going to have Illinois versus Purdue." And why, so I was told the reason that probably they had that game on. Dave Shore is an Illinois fan. Dave Shore was at the tournament on a junket. I was told because the Big Ten tournament offered like friends and family. If you take the uh, package, we'll bring you out to Indianapolis, and you can get you know VIP treatment. So he probably took his wife. And you know, lived it up on the company credit card for the weekend, going to uh, Saint Elmo's Fire or whatever that restaurant is in downtown Indy, and having some nice fillets. Like, is, if this isn't if this isn't Rome burning, I, I I don't know what is. I, this guy's an absolute embarrassment. How can you play? Who care? Can you imagine wanting to hear Detroit sports talk and you turn in to Purdue beating Illinois by 30 points? Oh, that's going to that's gonna really be a paradigm shift. You fucking imbecile. The, the lack of urgency at this station is hilarious. The aforementioned Super Bowl thing right after canceling Tony's show, what you just mentioned, the fact that Matt Derry takes a Jim Rome-level vacation time. I, like, if you're Matt Derry, Matt Derry's constantly on vacation. How I you, wouldn't be leaving the studio. How, how do you, how, I, I how have do myself leave? shackled. How, and as a matter of fact, when it wasn't my shift, I would be cleaning up the offices and I would be taking a Windex bottle and cleaning up the desks. I, it, the fact that this guy's on vacation every other week, I, I don't know. I don't know what the guy's thinking. I, does he? Does he not care at all? And why is he even allowed to do that? I, you know, it's, the whole thing is it, it's it's it a rudderless. No it's a rudderless ship. They're doing things that make no sense, and you said it. Like you said, it's not hindsight. These are things that we hammered right from the get-go. These are predictable failures and in every fashion, and, and we've laid this out. We Everything said this I've said from the day one of that opening press conference when I questioned Dixon and Drew and whoever the greater media stooge was up also on that uh, dais, everything has come to fruition. You couldn't have run the station any worse. And I've talked to a few people nationally, and they're like, you know, you you can figure out. I have connections to Awful Announcing and some of the other people that I've – we've been doing this for 13 years. We made some friends in the industry that just don't even understand how it's still – that they haven't flipped formats. The same thing happened in Chicago – Remember those guys found out that they lost their job on the like, air? On the air. On the yeah. air? Yeah. Like this, they, and they didn't get anywhere near three years for that FM sports station to develop an audience. Mm-hmm. This is I don't know what greater media could possibly be thinking at this point. I think it will be similarly abrupt. Not necessarily on the air, but similar. And I think it's just going to happen. One day? I think it's going to be. Go back to Celine Dion. It, it could be tomorrow. It could be in a couple of weeks. But uh, let's put it to you this way. 
you tell me, and I, we don't know, we don't have any inside information on this, other than that they're struggling financially. That we know for a fact. Six months from today. Well, the state one hundred five one is, but Greater Media is, I think, being buoyed by I'm, Riff and ninety four. Right, and they're su- and they're supported by the system. Yeah. yeah, we we understand that. But how long are you going to take on water on that and on that boat in the fleet? Is the question. But you tell me, six months from today, September fifteenth, twenty sixteen, is the format the same? Does it last six more months? I, I've been wrong. Say, I, I thought they'd already be done. I, I I was wrong, too. I said two years. And the thing is, okay, they've already gone through Dixon, who they fired, who now is— Shore will, Shore will definitely be gone and Shore, Shore will and be gone. Sh- yeah, Shore will be gone for yeah, sure. He could be gone tomorrow. But what do you do? If you get rid of Shore, you're just going to bring in another another person? If you don't bring in Henson, then what's—I the, mean, he's the last ditch. That's the one thing you haven't tried. Yeah, and the counter-programming guy, basically. Or the guy who's got Detroit ties, who's done this before. You've gone every other route, and I know that there's people in that building who can't stand Greg Henson. Good. But who cares? Good. That, that's good. It's the Hail Mary. It's the Hail Mary yes. if you go with him. It might not work. Henson might not be. I mean, this like they're so far down the path now. Henson yeah. might be basically walking into a slaughterhouse by even taking this it's job. It's like when an NBA team is struggling. They've been through three coaches and they hire Scott Skiles, a guy who's volatile but has had some success. And, you know, that you're just doing what you can. Some guy with some semblance of a track record. And that's what it is. It is the Hail Mary. I advocated in a piece – on the DSR, like what four years ago, that this time well, think, before yeah, 1051 was even yeah, here, yeah, DFN. And, and you want him to take over DFN. I wanted him to take over DFN, and when 1051 was announced, I wanted him to come here. You crucified me for it, and I'm not saying I'm vindicated because until he comes back to the market and succeeds, I, I the jury's still out. But I've been saying this for years. I was the first one on this bandwagon that the way to go after 971 is to actually go after 971. You can't just be this more sportsy. Yeah, and after version. two and a half years, they're now running ads, kind of attacking no, ninety-seven-one in the biggest half-ass way. It's embarrassing. At this I would, point. I would be mocking Terry Foster every single day on the air. I would be making fun of Mike Valeni as much as I could. I would be ripping on Scott Anderson for being a stupid ass. We've that given you the playbook. That, that here you go. Just take the dossier of information that we provided free of charge. Knock yourselves out. I would be ridiculing them. I would I would go to the Donald Trump school of ridicule. I would just be mocking them. I might even make a thing up or two. <laughs> it, it, you know, it just, it, I I I would be trying to get sued. You know, it, it, but that's I'm not saying that'd be what I would do on day one necessarily. But uh, we're on we're I'd on day, on day we're on day a thousand and twelve now of this experiment. You know, or whatever it is. At some point, you have to throw out this dry. Playbook and go to the run and shoot, and and that's what this is. I mean, that's that's the only way out. And the you either make is, a desperation. They're not going to do it though. No, we here's know the thing. That. Here's this what is only matter. They're going to. What I've heard shot. inside the building. This is what I've heard inside the building is that Derry has an absolute. Um, trying to think of the wording, he's got the ear of like the people who make the decisions. You know, Ratchery. You can just imagine him sliming his way. Into a oh, position yeah. where, you know, so he's bad mouthing Henson, I'm brother. sure. Yeah. Uh, well, because Henson would blow him out of there. Oh, yeah, because Henson, yeah, for self preservation. Yeah. yeah. Derry would be gone in two seconds. Ryan Armani would be gone. I mean, I don't know. Would anyone still be left? Maybe Sean. He would keep Boyajan. Maybe. 
maybe keep Sean. Boyjan has his like little like niche. Niche. Right. And I, I think there's a spot for Sean on the air in Detroit. I do. Yeah. I know I think you disagree, yeah. but no, I, mean, but I think no, he, has, some, he has a place. Listen, I, if there's a I think place he's for one of the, Scott the Whale Anderson. Well, there's not. There shouldn't be. <laughs> I actually think there's a legitimate place for Sean right. Boyjan. I don't I don't have any I, I I like Sean here and there on the air. I, I think he's probably the second best of when Valeni is not shackled by Foster. But I, we both know this isn't going to happen. This is a pipe dream. But No, I agree with you. I would say if September 15th, we both go back and put a calendar note. Yeah, I want to revisit uh, this. That I would say that the station is going to be done. I don't yeah, think, I don't I think anyone will get a third chance. Um, I think that they've absolutely destroyed any chance of a viable option because who's after what's happened in the last three years, is anyone else going to come into the market and say, we're going to try to uh, an, another FM sports station. I guess you could convince yourself that this was so poorly run, which it is, that maybe you could you could have a chance. And now we heard today that CBS Radio or CBS is going to be selling off their CBS radio stations. Maybe a Detroit or Greater Media could just buy a ninety-seven-one. Oh, it's like when a city <laughs> That's the best chance. It's like when a city loses a sports team and it takes them like twenty-plus years to get them back, yeah. like LA with the NFL and. You saw, you know, the Winnipeg Jets. It takes like twenty years to get that stink off. It it may. T- I don't think it'll take twenty years to get a, a viable uh, attempt at a second, you know, alternative. But it, it has damaged the perception of the market greatly. And There's I'll no say question. it again. And I'll say it in this news today that CBS at Les Moonves announced that they're going to be parting ways, basically, with the radio stations. Uh, this makes the Valente story even more interesting to me because these ratings come out. I, I still don't understand what leverage he has. He's now negotiating with a company that's looking to sell, and his it just there's, he's got no viable option to go anywhere else. You're trying to sell. You're not trying to get a big contract on the books. I mean, that's just well. We'll see God, what happens. That's business. I think I think he's got about two weeks left. Uh, the other news was that we broke yesterday, which I think we had to for, we forced the hand of Joe Rexroad. I don't think he was planning on announcing on Twitter this morning that he was leaving the free press to go to the Nashville, Tennessean newspaper to become a columnist. But we broke that story yesterday. And uh, any comments as the uh, resident Michigan State fan in here about Joe Rexroad packing up and taking his uh, talents to Nashville? Well, it'll be interesting because Joe Rexroad has demonstrated no ability to editorialize in a meaningful way at all. This is a guy who is basically a glorified or has been a glorified press conference stenographer. And that is my complaint with the majority of the Detroit media. They regurgitate quotes. They don't really challenge Tom Izzo or Mark D'Antonio or Ken Holland. Or pick your poison there. He got a – yeah. Uh, Joe Rexford got a, a nice slap on the back and then probably getting a, a retirement watch from Mark Hollis today. That, yeah. It would be the Tom Gage treatment with the Tigers. And that's – so, you know, I don't know. I The times that Joe Rexford, he, although he has been a beat writer, he has editorialized in his pieces, which is, you know, the trade of a columnist, but it's never been anything uh, – contentious it's never been anything you know i think journalism at its at its core is supposed to make you a little bit uncomfortable you're challenging something not every piece i mean there's times that you just need to report the news and obviously i understand that but in several years between the lansing market and and more recently detroit joe rexford hasn't demonstrated an ability or willingness to go after anything this is a guy who with the max bullish story 
openly talked about how wrong our fake story on Max Bull was, <laughs> mocked it and said, oh, you're not even close, and then said, oh, but I can't say anything about it. And, you know, I understand not being able – you know, if you're at a news organization and they are requiring that you have a second source or even one good source that goes on the record, not anonymous – to do it, then that's out of your control. If you can't get that person to go on the record, now I could say you could try harder, but if that's a news organization you work for, so be it. But that's not the only issue with Joe Rexroad and Graham Couch and Matt Carboneau, et cetera, and their failings in the Max Bull story. The biggest failing is that, okay, you didn't get the story. You don't know exactly what happened. No, they, they know. I think they know exactly what happened, well, but they can't get it on. The, they can't get the source. That's, that's what I mean. Which is they, don't, like, they don't know. If about, I'm Joe Rexroad, I know the story. I call every single – I go and try to find out every single uh, NFL team where he had to tell them and get someone else to – That was what I said in, yeah. the, in the piece that appeared on iSportsWeb with Dave Harns before the whole fiasco with you and him. I, I said repeatedly – I did get a condolence call from Ma- him too, Max, by the way, David Harns. You did? Yeah. Well, that's part that of his world. His, world. his world view his is world to, view. to offer condolences. Yeah, it was nice uh, of him. No, but I, 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 I've made that point already in that in that discussion with him, and I made it on Twitter as well repeatedly over the last few years. Is that we know for a fact, Max Bullitt told us. I talked to every single NFL team in the meetings before the draft. They all know exactly what happened. So if every NFL team knows what happened, that's uh, what at least fifty guys in the, each building. That I mean, there's like thousands of people that know what right. happened. There's enough to verify it. But the issue for me, even grander than that, which what I would just say was laziness and fear of losing access or fear of losing the comfort zone up there in East Lansing, is that there was never this real stark criticism of it. Of you know, Max Bola should have been called selfish. Max Bola should have been called out for that. I don't care that he's a college kid. This kid was a fifth-year senior, team captain. There wasn't much – it was just this sort of shroud of mystery, and there wasn't uh, much curiosity about it, I would say. There wasn't any tenacity in approaching this. No. I, you know, and, and that's what bothered me. And, and Joe, you know, the sad thing is about Joe leaving – Rex Road was the best the Michigan State media had, and that's not saying much. But, you know, it would be hard for me to say that we're going to be better off with him gone because he at least – Well, let me tell you something. I've heard from people. There's That's a very sought-after job, and there have been people who are uh, sympathetic to the DSR who have told me they're applying for that job, multiple – so it'll be interesting. There's a, I don't know. I have a feeling that Graham Couch will end up getting it. That's just my. There's a there's a connection there between Couch and the Free Press, where he's appeared like on. I, Couch thing. is the natural. I think it'll be Couch, but I do know there's a lot of people who are going after that job. And I don't even think you know Couch appears. Uh, Couch, you can read Couch on the Free Press, even though he's an LSJ guy. I mean, if you go to the Free Press, and I, you LSJ, can read a Couch the, the Lansing State Journal is falling apart, from what I've told. It's a dis- absolute uh, yeah, disaster. Well, a relatively regional paper. It's, it's very it, sad. The cor- major papers have it. <laughs> so what's problems. going on there? So I'm guessing couches are probably going to be I, desperate for that game. And, and if you have any qualms, which the job Joe Rexroad did, Graham Couch, oh, he'll be a two seed. Is year, a no complete question. nightmare of a journalist. At least Joe Rexroad isn't a cheerleader. Graham Couch is a cheerleader. Yeah, we've so, already we've discussed that. Well, before we go, because you've got to go. Uh, do some clandestine business after this that I'm not allowed to talk about. Yeah, uh, we should hit the Red Wings real quick. Yep, a uh, couple things with them. One, they called up Anthony Mantha, who will be playing tonight in by far the biggest Red Wing game of the year. They're clinging to a three point advantage over uh, Philadelphia for the last playoff spot. They play the Flyers tonight 
in Philly, a huge game, and obviously the Red Wings have felt that there is a uh, that there is urgency because they called up their number one prospect that's not uh, with the organization. The kids, the kids might be the answer tonight. We'll see. Yeah, well, they got a lot of. Well, there's a lot of kids playing. Your jersey, you're wearing an Anthony CU jersey. Yep, uh, supporting your fellow Greek uh, Red Wing. But the the one thing I want to say about the Wings before we go is that. This whole season can really basically be boiled down to one failing that's been going on for months now. And it's to a point where it's almost comical. I don't know how many power play goals they've scored in the last month, but it's ridiculously low. It's hysterically low. And the unit the other night against Toronto, a team that's playing for the Austin Matthews Derby and doesn't want to win – they couldn't get the fucking puck in the zone for their power. It, it was – I mean I've been watching this team since the late 70s. Mike Blaisdell and Mike Felino and that crew of the Dead Wings of the late 70s, early 80s would be laughing at that power play. And there's talent. There's, I mean they're calling up Manta now and they're putting him in front of the net on the power play tonight with I think Datsuk. But there's – forget him. that they got to call him up. The guy's never played a game in the NHL. Tatar, Nyquist, they don't even play Larkin on the power play, which is a whole other story. Datsuk, Zetter, they have all of these guys. The power play shouldn't be 24th in the league. And if this was anything but hockey, where we're we're not in hockey town because no one gives two shits about hockey, but if this was a Lions assistant coach, everybody in the world would know Pat Fershweiler's name, okay? He is the Joe Lombardi of the Detroit Red Wings. How does this guy still have a job? Pat Fershweiler, this power play is a, the power play was good last year. It's twenty fourth in the league with all of that firepower. This guy's horrible. Fire Fershweiler. <laughs> I mean, not only does nobody know who the guy is because nobody really knows about hockey in this town to know who the Red Wings assistant coach in charge of the power play is, but then the guy's got a name like Fershweiler. Fershweiler. He's gonna be one and done. Well. Put him in charge of the video or something with Joe Coaster's old job. But you got to get someone in here. I would have done. I mean, what more do you need uh, to see? What do you need to see? When we talked about this with Lombardi, they didn't even get a lot of chances. I mean, we talked about this with Lombardi. It was evident after six weeks that Lombardi couldn't didn't know what he was doing. He didn't have it, and that the Lions should have gotten rid of him in the first season. Done something, and then they wait until they're one and seven or went down with the ship. Went down the ship. Stubbornly went down with the ship. Nobody would even know if. uh, Basically, if uh, Blashill chain, would anyone know? I mean, you could you could sneak a guy in. And there's there's president Ansar Khan and Celine St. James. Go find a power play specialist, pay him a hundred thousand for the rest of the year to fix this thing. Because the Red Wings with a decent power play, a decent power play would be in very good playoff position. They wouldn't be worrying about. Oh, anything. they'd be ten, eleven. And they might be up. a viable threat. To make a run in the playoffs if they had any sort of power play. They have none. And there's plenty of precedent for this in sports, and especially for an assistant coach. But you see it with head coaches. Maurice Cheeks with the Pistons getting canned. The New Jersey Bear- Devils used to fire their coach on the verge of the playoffs every single year. Lula Morello would fire their coach. Too. They'd be in second place in the division, and they'd fire their coach. That was their head coach, Larry Robinson or whoever it was. This is Pat Fershweiler. Who's Pat Fersweiler? Barry Melrose with the lightning. This is Fersweiler like- doesn't know who he is. He's got let 
Rico Beard is more of a, uh, a known entity in this town. Pat Fershweiler, spell it. I don't know. <laughs> you're it. hiding the computer. Spell it. I don't know how to spell Fershweiler. Of course you don't. Nobody knows who he is. So I, I don't know what they're thinking with this guy. You would think that he'd be gone next year, but you're going down with the ship for this season. I, I think you're right. I mean, if you have that. At least Joe Lombardi had a name. This yeah. isn't Con Smythe's grandson. <laughs> this isn't guy. This guy's last name isn't Bowman. It's Fershweiler. Pat Fershweiler. The power play's got like one goal in the last thirty days. Come on, Blashill. This is like a Ryan Rayburn moment. My voice has gone all to sorts of octaves in the last. I didn't five. know you could go that high. Pat Fershweiler, <laughs> Jessica. Yep, and there it is again. <laughs> and come on. Please. You're off the Blashill train. Fire Prashanth Iyer to run the freaking power play. He couldn't be worse. You couldn't be. Nobody. Find someone from Midget Hockey down the street in Trenton. Pat Fershweiler. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. I, well, it was a good show. The power play. They've got They've got guys, man. They've got guys. Oh no, they have the pieces. They have snipers on the this same team. pieces they had last year. Yeah, yeah. They have they they have an abundance of pieces to the point where they should be a middle of the pack power play unit at worst. And and the thing is, you know, I think you can have sustained bad puck luck, but that's not really the case here. They don't really generate a lot of they chances. They could get in the zone the other they don't, night. I, I really thought Green would Mike Green would be a great addition to the power play. That really hasn't materialized. No, and, they, and, so, and, and seriously, this is the other problem. First of all, whatever Pat Fershweiler's plan is out there isn't working. But then Dylan Larkin's a leading scorer on the team. He can't get any power play run because you got to run that corpse Brad Richards out there. And they – They've got. They keep putting out these defensemen like Nick Cronwell. He's hurt now. Who can't he? Nick Cronwell can't get a puck through to the net if his life depended on it anymore. And Brendan Smith, he can't get any opportunity on the power play. I would. I, the whole thing needs to just be completely blown up, including Pat Fershweiler. Bet you didn't know that Pat Fershweiler name would be mentioned like seventy four times tonight. I should have asked you who Pat. For, I should have given you a list of four names, and if you could have picked a Pat Fershweiler out of a, a lineup, and guys wearing an Athens CU jersey for Christ's sake. I think I'm the only one with an, a 72 Athens CU jersey, other than maybe like his family. Yeah, but, John uh, Athens. Yeah, yeah, him too. Yes, but are we ready to wrap yeah, up? Yeah, we got to go. I got a jet. Yeah, I, why? Why do you have to go? I gotta go home. You gotta go home. To be with the baby. Aww. So um, I think that's bullshit, Jessica. Jay, Jay, Sarah, thanks as always for producing. Oh, thank you guys for the honor. Oh, anybody but... wants to uh, watch all of the games this weekend? Uh, I'll be at my house. You have to be vetted. Open though. invitation to Spiro. Wants to come. Well, I'm going to see you Sunday for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Higher so, power. There's no higher power. Uh, Sunday's our fantasy baseball draft where I show up and just eat Zingerman's. Brian Cavanaugh destroyed the higher power bit. We went from. Uh, my brother-in-law to Jose Canseco to Dennis Rodman to, to nobody. No. We've come full circle. No. And Back to just us. And, you know, I could tell a story about my dad here, but we won't. He almost was yeah, a higher power. He was year. almost a He was very close to yeah, a higher power. He was a ba- he was when a ba- we were estranged. <laughs> Which would have been hilarious. And Greg Schultz frantically calling, leaving me a voicemail. Well, my dad called it. Greg. You can't do it. My dad called Greg. He's like, should I do this? And my Your and dad Greg's was like, Your dad was on board. My dad was on board. My dad was a ham. He would have been on board for anything. 
He said he was in. He was in, Greg. Well, he would have definitely been in. Greg, Greg but he, it. Yeah, but my dad called Greg. Greg, Greg I would never I didn't, real, I didn't realize you guys yeah. even had a bad relationship at that point. wasn't great. Yeah. That was news to me. I wouldn't have yeah. done that. But That's all right. Um, it was fine. It was, we, were, we laughed about it plenty of times in the last few months. Good. Good. <laughs> so anyway, I'm happy to be back in studio instead of calling from the hospital lobby. Um, I'll be back next week. Hopefully that Tigers article will drop pretty soon, next couple of days. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, like tonight? I, well, what, are you, you worried that Bernie Smilovitz is going to beat us to another yeah, wrong yeah, story? Ber- I think Bernie Smilovitz <laughs> and, Sh- and uh, George Sippel are circling the studio yeah, as we yeah, speak. Right. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see when you drop that article if it ends up on uh, WDIV. And I've got a complaint to Ruth to the rescue again. It's only a matter of time. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. It's been an interesting show, to say the least. Uh, we will be back next Tuesday night where we will talk about this story at length, I guess, when you can – when we are allowed to, and maybe we'll talk about Andre Drummond. You know, we should go to the last Cleveland game of the year. They, they play Cleveland, last game of the season. We should drive down there that night, get get seats right on the baseline. The only problem with Cleveland is I, I could see Gilbert in solidarity to the Pistons throwing us out too. Yeah, It would be better if it was like Toronto or something. Yeah, some random. Like, yeah, well, there's no yeah. connection to the town. But I'm I, so out on the Pistons for a number of reasons. You want to get into that for a second before we go? So I'll give one minute on that. I, I, we've covered Andre Drummond. The guy is a disgrace as a franchise player. If he can be your third guy, which he can't be at his salary number, he's going to be a max guy starting next year, so be it. But he's never going to be that. This, If you have Andre Drummond on your team, he's your cornerstone. He can't win a title as your cornerstone. He's never going to win a title as the most important or even second. Well, forget most that. I mean, player. we've talked about that all day. Ever since the Pistons told you that if you well, that's the second you know, part. Yeah, if you if the Pistons told you that if you motion the underhanded one more him, time, one more time, that you were going to be banned from the palace for life, which for included life. Not all even. Eddie Money, Def Leppard, uh, Cindy Lauper concerts, on top of the Pistons. I, I've been wrong a few times I, in my day. I, 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 you were right. I underestimated how serious they were taking this because yeah. the whole lead up to that, we never made a formal bet on that. Probably good for me because I would have lost. I, I underestimated how serious they were taking this. I was. Oh, that's right. You said that there was nothing was going to happen. It wasn't going to be a big yeah, that's deal. That's right. Yeah. Spiro says. Spiro says to me because we. I think we, we I did the show. We did the shade show the daily game. Did you remember? Did Jessica? Yeah. They, he said nothing's going to happen. They won't do anything. <laughs> and. W- they grab the, the, the Pistons' chief of security, grabbed my cell phone out of my hand uh, in the middle of me periscoping live to like 250 people. <laughs> he scratched my hand. They told Spiro he's banned for life if he ever motions the underhand to Drummond Which ever I think again. Is so, so I think I, I think Spiro's been right on a lot of things, and I've been wrong lately. <laughs> uh, we could we could list off the Trump thing. You said he was going to win the nomination. I said there's no chance. There was other stuff that I've been wrong about. But I have to say, patting myself on the back, uh, I nailed that night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was and then – There's no question. But that wasn't even critical mass. <laughs> they were following you when you were doing absolutely nothing at the next game against Denver. Yeah, did and nothing. Chauncey I didn't even did do the nothing, motion. And they're following him around. Saying, we know who you are. We we're know watching you. Oh, this wasn't even a home game? No, it was this, a home it game. It was a home game. Uh-oh. I didn't even do anything. But he didn't do anything. He did nothing that game. And they were following him around, telling him, we know who you are. We know who you are. We're watching you. Like, this throw is him a, out. You, this isn't a guy who's got a suicide vest <laughs> strapped onto him. He had a Pistons coat on. You're not even – you don't even have a black – Lives Matter shirt of the Trump thing. I mean, you're just a guy wearing a Pistons jersey, 
and do an underhanded free throw motion. Doing underhanded free throw motion. That's why I have, since you told me that story about the Denver game, yep. I have not watched the Pistons. I have completely checked out. I can't remember ever just dropping a Detroit sports team. How do you root for them? In my, how, I, I can't root for them. But even the Lions who called the cops on me, I still watched the games. I, I have no interest in watching this team. And the fact that last night they just obviously don't show up and Drummond, you see, his, a lot. go look at his game. Go look at that's, like both, that's the leader of the team. That's the problem. If you had an Isaiah Thomas, if you had a Bill Lambeer, a different tone setter, a mentality where in the first time out when those guys would have seen the Pistons show up like that, Isaiah Thomas would have kicked someone in the balls. He would have been fucking irate. Andre Drummond with his bad body language, he's never going to do that. And I. Yesterday I was tweeting out that I hope they trade him, sign him, trade him, get rid of him. I hope that Van Gundy sees. And you what can we get see. a lot for him, right? I hope it's, Van Gundy sees what we see. We're not saying because, give him away because I can't. I can't root for this team under this condition. And I told you, we talked about it last night. I guarantee if they did trade him, one day you'd, we'd bump into Van Gundy and say, "Can you believe he was acting like that?" And Van Gundy would destroy him. I yep. guarantee it. Yep. There's no way Van Gundy, who's been around professional athletes for decades. Is fine with what with with his mentality. There's no way he's no. a he's a 12 year old. He's a baby, and you can't root for him. The, the Gestapo at that arena are a big component of it too. But when you have the ushers and team security harassing you for no reason, and I would say it is harassment, and the franchise player is so unlikable, how threatening am I to kill to, you? Threat, he yeah. literally threatened to kill you. Yeah. That's not this yeah. is figuratively. He literally threatened to kill you, and then came me. after yeah. you. Yeah. And then and I'm supposed me. to root for this guy. Yeah, how, it's uh, how am I supposed to even be interested in this product or putting any and, money? And if it, it was, and maybe if it was a good product at this point, where they weren't even then, I right, wouldn't. Where uh, they clearly, clearly, this team doesn't show up. They there's no explanation where you can beat a San Antonio, you can beat a Golden State, or excuse me, beat Golden State, be competitive against Cleveland every game, beat Cleveland, be competitive on the road against Golden State, and then lose by 40 points. To the Washington Wizards, or to like sh- not show up against the 76 They were down like forty six at but one the, point. But I mean, it's as just, bad as that was the other yeah. night, the Seventy Sixers had like six healthy guys in the roster. It took them to the fourth quarter to put them away. This team is a bunch of fucking mental midget losers. They're taking and the got, example. I'm not of their wasting my time. Player. I'm not wasting my time. I'd rather watch CNN and Anderson Cooper and Wolf Blitzer. I'm with you. With that, we're done. Thanks for joining us. Like I said, we'll be back next Tuesday and. uh Keep clicking refresh on the DSR website. We'll have some exclusive details about what actually went down between the Illich family, El Avila, Brad Osmus, Rod Gardner. As uh, Paul Harvey said, used to say, the rest of the story. Good night. This is a previously recorded episode.